Hello. You've reached Hoop and Holler, a Square One podcast on basketball and other shenanigans. Danny Green, I'm mad at Danny Green. I just want to thank everybody that's been in my corner during this time. With Reagan Griffin Jr. Reagan, you're the best, man. I'm the clamp guy. I am the Giannis Antetokounmpo Whoa. of Lion Center. Eddie Sun. Probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon. Because <laughs> we don't got that clutch connection. And Julio Martinez. On uh, Giannis and the Bucks, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Please clap. It comes from at underscore underscore uh, KLU2 on Twitter. Bro, the fact that you knew there were two underscores before the to at underscore underscore KLU. He knows your that, Twitter. That means I'm tweeting it too much. But at, when it boils down, like, that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball. Welcome back to another episode of Hoop and Holler. Back at it again, gentlemen. How are we doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. I don't have any jokes. Any, oh, any... I, I can throw out a Carson Wentz joke. Yeah, it's been a rough one. It's been it's been a rough one for me on this end. What about you, Eddie? Uh, I'm good. Just finished covering a USC basketball game. Um, had to talk to Reagan about denying the, the Jalen Hurts hive other day. Can't. You can't even acknowledge that he made one good throw. It's, I mean, it was a good throw. I'll give him that. But, you know, man, it, it's been a rough one. I just went 40 minutes straight on my other podcast, just straight talking about the Eagles and the Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz situation, dog. But, yeah. Thankfully, so we're, getting I get to, new, said, we're getting new RG2 show. Yeah, first one in a little minute. Yeah, in, in, in some unfortunate circumstances at that. But, you know, fortunately, I get to take my mind off of that for a little bit and come to – what has now become my safe space since the Eagles are so godly awful this year. Basketball. We get to talk about a little basketball, so let's go ahead and jump into it. Speaking of kind of un unlikable situations, I guess, James Harden. Let's get into it. James Harden clearly is sending some uh, clear messages to the Houston Rockets right now. How, do we, how are we feeling about it? It's just uh, I, I sent it to you guys in the Instagram group chat, I guess, direct message, uh, DM. It was funny that, you know, it's kind of like the NBA version of holding out, uh, you know, kind of making it synonymous to the NFL. Bro, you know, the same day that Adam Silver in the NBA and the NBA NBPA uh, agreed upon, you know, these rules that you can't go to strip club, you can't do this, you can't do that. I mean, that same night he's found in a strip club. I mean, that's A, that's not responsible, and B, you're just, you're not making yourself look good. But hey, um, my beef with James Harden isn't so much, you know, the, you know, him holding out, because I think as a superstar, if you can get what you want, even if it's by any means necessary, you're not going to show up to your workout and training camp. So be it that, you know, that's your choice. But the way he's going about it, he just looks like an irresponsible kind of superstar that you don't want on your team or leading your team. Um, but I, I guess that matters less in the NBA. But, I mean, th- those are my thoughts on that. Hmm. So what are the chances James Harden is actually just, you know, getting his last visits to, to nightlife and, and, you know, doing that sort of after-hours thing before he has to report to camp and start, you know, the, the seven to nine months of not being able to, you know, do anything that he probably wants to do off the court for that period. Um, how much of it is just kind of overblown? Like, what what if he is just, you know, reporting to camp a couple days late, and once he does report, you know, he'll 
maybe be a little bit unhappy with the situation, but he'll play and, you know, play well, I guess. Um, Because I don't know, James Harden to me has never seemed like a person who's cared that deeply about winning basketball. You know, like he's really there to just play and drop 35, you know, in a given night. So, I mean, what really changes if Harden's mind is out of it for this season? It kind of always looks like he's not 100% into it every other year. So, you know, as long as it's not boiling over with toxicity, and nothing to this point seems super toxic. It's just, you know, he reported to camp a couple days late. Um, I don't think Houston has to deal with anything different than they've dealt with with Harden the last, you know, many years that he's been there. It's just words. It's going to be words. Yeah, I would probably disagree with you just in that we've heard, you know, rumors, and not even rumors, kind of James Harden, you know, things aren't leaked for no reason, right? James Harden, at least his camp, has released things that would show that he's interested in at least moving on from Houston. Um, you mentioned before the show, Julio, that he's not just interested in Philadelphia and Brooklyn, but he's interested in, you know, any team that would be considered a contender. These stuff, This stuff is getting linked out of James Harden's camp. So I have to imagine where there's smoke, there's fire. There's at least some semblance of James Harden that does not, not even some, probably a large part of James Harden that doesn't want to be in Houston anymore. And, and, and when you have a mix of, uh, and I know we don't like paint, painting with a broad brush, but I'm going to just be, you know, real with it. When you have a mix of Boogie, you know, uh, uh, John Wall, James checked out James Harden, Daniel House, uh, PJ Tucker. Christian Wood. Unicorn. PJ Tucker. I mean, I don't, I don't really know about, you know, his personality in the locker room, but. Um, that under an organization that James Harden just called the Knicks of the South, that's gonna that's gonna end badly. With the first time head coach, when you don't see at least when you have a guy like LeBron, you can have personalities like Montrez, Jr., Dion, guys like that. But when you don't have that type of guy and that leader, so called leader, is James Harden, it's it's gonna it's not gonna go well. Yeah, I don't disagree that Harden wants out. Like, I'm not going to deny the reports out in the, you know, in the media. But all I'm saying is if Houston is so adamant on not trading him, or at least not trading him until the team gives up proper value, I don't really think Harden's going to hold out. Um, I think he's someone who enjoys just playing basketball too much not to play. And my whole point is that's kind of what he's done his whole career. Like, if he was so invested in winning, and like commitment, I think he would have won a ring by now. But he's one of those dudes who just will show up to the court, you know, maybe drop 50, just, you know, doing his thing. And, you know, he's been successful at it so far. So I don't think Houston's getting anything totally different. Well, we also have to mention the NBA contracts are not like NFL contracts. You can't just hold out and then the year is off your contract. So if James Harden were to hold out this year and, you know, play next year, he still has two years on his contract. Really? Yeah, that that's how NBA contracts work. I was work. not aware of that. That's interesting. I'd you never do that. Hold, you can't just hold out. You can't just hold out. Hmm. To me, it, it honestly felt like um, a, a message to Houston – um, given all the rhetoric that we've heard out of that camp with James or John Wall saying, you know, I, I'm confident that, that James Harden's going to stick around and want to play with us. Steven Silas saying, I'm confident that he's going to report to camp and, and do his uh, due diligence with us. I, I, it felt almost like a James Harden sending a message to Houston that, you know, if you guys are going to force me to stay here and play with y'all and not trade me, I'm going to do it on my terms. I'm going to report to camp when I want to report. I'm going to practice when I want to practice. I'll play when I want to play, how I want to play. And, and so long as I'm, I'm here in Houston, 
and, and you guys are forcing me against my will to be here, then I'm just going to do it whatever the hell I want, which, you know, you know, you can get into whether or not that's what he should be doing. But that's kind of the message that I'm getting from James Harden right now is like, OK, if you guys are going to force me to be here, then I want to do it on my terms. And here's the last thing with Houston um, that, you know, I, I just don't like this rhetoric that's being thrown thrown around like, you know, oh, uh, you, you don't come across many superstars you know, if you're, you know, the owner of an organization. But the thing about that, when, when you have a disgrunt, disgrunt, disgruntled star, oof, oof. is that... Other NBA stars and free agents take notice the way you treat, you know, if, if you're going to treat one of the greatest superstars in the NBA of this league, um, like James Harden, like that, I mean, how are you going to treat me if I go there? Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like NBA stars take notice and you don't want your first time head coach. You know, you want to give him the confidence and the right structure around him. You don't want to have a star who, you know, who's acting like James Harden, who's going to undermine him, who's not going to allow him to coach the team and him properly. So you don't want that. You don't want that toxicity as a franchise right now and going forward. So I, I just feel like it, it's in everyone's best interest for Houston to just make a deal. Yeah, pretty quickly. I, I mean, I can't imagine that, like, to your point, a whole lot of dudes are interested in going and playing with Tillman Fertitta right now. There, there's a lot of, like, rhetoric being thrown around how he's, like, kind of a, um, imposing. He's kind of a, you know, asshole to work with. He, he's not – he kind of wants things his Knicks way or the highway. The Knicks of the South, yeah. like it's him, He's kind of an egotistical type of dude, it seems like. Um, type of guy to put his face on a banner larger than James Harden's face when it comes to, like, the people are walking the arena, like, who the hell is that? Um, but it's interesting, man. It's interesting. Any final thoughts, Eddie, before we move on to uh, the, the the meat of this show? Yeah, I mean, Fortina's claim to fame is owning a franchise of, like, Lon John Silver restaurants and, and Bubba Gump shrimp companies. Um, he doesn't Gump. know how to run a team for shit. So, I mean, it's kind of clear. <laughs> it's, it's looking like that, at, you know, in Houston right now. Mm. He does own Mastro's. What's Is that? It good? <laughs> Mastro's? That's a five-star restaurant, my guy. Mastro's? Yeah. See, I thought I thought he just owned a bunch of like C-tier franchises, like mm. franchise restaurants. And his, and his daughter, I think, graduated from SC or goes to SC. And also, like, he has the most annoying kind of like businessman rhetoric. You know, like, he yeah. makes books talking about like why I'm successful. Like, those yeah. are the worst type of. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Pull up your bootstraps. You know, get a small loan from your dad, and let's get after it. Um, before we get into it, though, I did want to play this game again. Uh, you guys might remember from a while back where I throw a trade out to Julio and Eddie, and they basically shit all over it, and then we move on. So before we, you guys want to do it, you guys want to get into it? Sure. All right. So I didn't want to throw out a 76ers trade because that, you know, has been kind of drawn out already. I didn't want to throw out a Brooklyn trade for the same reason. So what I have here... Is James Harden and Deshaun Tate for salary cap reasons to the Los Angeles Clippers for Paul George, Lou Williams, and a first-round pick? But I brought this up. You brought that I, up? I actually, I actually brought this up on a few podcasts ago that I feel like that's a realistic move that no one's talking about. Uh, and I, I briefly mentioned it because Paul George – for all the crap that, you know, I and we give them, I, that's a solid star that Houston can get in return. Um, I think that's solid. I think that's solid. Mm. And, and obviously the Clippers would be getting 
a better player, in my opinion, and a guy that Kawhi wanted more potentially. So, I think it, I think that's solid. Interesting. But do you think Jerry West and all those people in the Clippers front office is checking out on that deal? Uh, but do you think Paul George is the type of guy that I have to have Paul George? I can't, I can't lose Paul George. I don't know. It's like it makes a lot of sense. Like when I think about it, like I'm, Houston I'm, was. Wall I'm and PG, like it's not bad. Um, that's I mean, because I don't know. Pe- people think of Harden as kind of you know like one of those hard to deal with superstars around the NBA. I feel like, and if you're the Clippers and you already had the issues you had last year with chemistry, PG and, don't you know, help establishing that, winning culture. That's true, but like adding Harden, who is unanimously kind of regarded as not much better, and he kind of commands the ball more. Um, I don't know if that's a better mixture. If, if it happens, that'd be kind of funny. Like, I'd like to see it. I don't think it's a bad deal. It's just I never considered the possibility, though it does, you know, make a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that PG and Kawhi are a better fit, but Harden is just better than PG overall, you know, as a basketball player. So I think you just take that gamble if you're the Clippers. Essentially what you're doing if you're the Clippers is saying – Fuck it. If we're going to have chemistry issues, let's just overwhelm people with talent and just have chemistry issues and say, you know what, we'll just get the best guys out there. But, you know, Lou Williams is a guy that's already been rumored to have been on the block. Paul George is Paul George. You know, I don't think we need to mention his name on this podcast anymore after what Julio did to him. Just disbarrage this man's name all for like 20 minutes last week. If he ever gets hold of that, it's clip for you, man. He's he's dragging your name through the mud. (laughs) Julio don't care. Julio don't give a fuck. Um, Let's go ahead and get into it, though. So today, if you guys are old fans of the show, you remember this from last year. Um, We go each and every season at the beginning. We're going to classify each conference's teams into tiers. We have S tier, which is elite. We do the anime style because of Reagan Griffin here, and he likes anime. But you have S tier, you have A tier, B tier, C tier, and D tier. S tier being the elite of the elite. This is a team that is a clear-cut favorite. Everyone should be putting their money on this team to win the conference. A tier is a team that's competing for the conference championship. B tier is a solid playoff team. C tier is a fringe playoff team, or now you can call it potentially a play-in team. And then D tier is obviously the trash of the conference. So... Are you guys ready to get into this part two? This is the first time I feel like we're doing a uh, a recurring segment that's like a year-long thing on this show. This is the first time yeah. we've come full circle on something. Pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah. Look at us. We have a podcast, guys. We we have a we have a we have a podcast. Look at that. You guys aren't excited as I am. Whatever. But <laughs> I don't I just I just think your presentation could have been better. Like, hey. I don't know. We have a podcast. We have a podcast. He said, give me the host duties back. Hey, man. We'll have to get you a blue snowball, Mike. We can can let it ride. But uh, with that said, let's go ahead and jump into it, man. You guys want to start at the top of the list and work our way down? Makes the most sense? Yeah. All right. S tier. Anyone other than me have a team in S tier? No one. No one, no one, no one. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Should should I get into why... Or I guess my. Thought. I mean, I'll just announce the fact that I have the Brooklyn Nets in the S tier, but by all means, take the floor. I mean, if if I had to, if I was forced to choose one team into the S tier, uh, it would be uh, Brooklyn because I do have them atop my A tier. But here's here's the thing with Brooklyn Nets: I just don't think from, I 
we've obviously gone into just how much how, how deep they are how deep of a bench they have uh all all their you know talent with their superstars that they have they're, they're just loaded but they're not loaded in my opinion to the point where it was steph clay kd you know to that extent where it's just obvious that they're gonna win overwhelmingly just by far favorites that coupled with the fact that there may be chemistry issues and I wouldn't be surprised if there were some injuries to one of the two superstars. Um, so all of those things combined, it just, I can't be sure that, you know, that team is going to just be in the finals no matter what. Hmm. Eddie, any other counter arguments yeah. to. No, like I'm pretty much with Julio there. Like an ST, an S tier team to me is some, a, a team that's like an overwhelming championship favorite. So there can only be like one or two S tier teams in the league, and to me, there's only one S tier team in the entire league, and that's the Lakers. It's you know no Eastern Conference team is what? on that level. Um, but why do you look so confused? The Lakers are an S tier team. We can yeah, get we can get we can get into that when we we'll, get when we'll, we get to the West. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. But mm, um, that's interesting. Yeah, it's like the same the same reasons why Julio says you know he can't really buy into the Nets is why. I'm not buying into them either, but at an even extre- more extreme level, I guess. I just something about this team, like I want it to succeed. Like I, you know, I want to see KD play well. I want to see Kyrie play well. But you know, you just have to be reasonable. And the truth is, you know, we kind of saw the same script last year with the Clippers. There's, you know, th- there's just so many ingredients for a disaster. I don't want to say disaster, but it, it might not look super pretty this upcoming season. And, you know, like you can look at the talent and the depth, but um, it just doesn't look super great as it is right now in terms of, you know, a leadership structure, in, ter- in terms of can, you know, a coach hold players ac- accountable, in terms of can star players hold other players accountable. You know, th- there's just not those sort of things in place with this team. And, you know, and that's why, I don't know, I can't really just quite believe in them like that. Hmm. So what I'm hearing, the primary argument is a uh, culture thing. We talked about at the end of last season how despite as much talent as the Clippers had, you have to have talent with an influx of basketball culture, an influx of accountability and leadership into that organization for a team to be success. You guys have your concerns about whether the Brooklyn Nets will be able to cultivate a culture that, that's a championship one. Yeah, so I think Kyrie and KD are the most talented duo in the East. Um, but then also when I just look at talent itself, you know, I still think, um, you know, their centers, Allen, like Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan, maybe have something to prove to me. Like, I still think Dinwiddie, like he's good when the teams have not been great teams, but can he be good when there's something on the line? I don't know. Like, can Karras be a better decision maker? Like, I'm not sure about that either. So I think there's some question marks down the roster and that, you know, we've seen the players be good when they're not contending. But what happens when they do contend? You know, that could be a totally different question. I got three words for you, gentlemen. Don't overthink it. This team has Kevin Durant. This team has Kyrie Irving. This team probably has the best depth of any team in the NBA. This team has shooters. This team has defense. This team has experience on the coaching staff and Mike D'Antoni. This team has good basketball minds and Steve Nash and uh, Jacques Vaughn. Well, you got well, every. You, you got all the pieces. You got all the ingredients to go in the gumbo, man. Don't overthink it. I still. I still think they're. I mean, I still think they're the favorites. I just don't think they're the super overwhelming favorites. Hmm. I guess that's how I see it, man. The, the, to me, unless you know, 
I'm assuming that Kevin Durant's coming back 90% of what he was. Uh, I won't give him the full 100, but I will think, you know, given the amount of time that he's had off, given that entire season that he took off, that he could come back and be at least offensively 90% of who he was before. I'm under the assumption, like, I'm not going to discredit guys for injuries that we haven't seen him come back yet. I I tend to lean more in the positive manner um, just because the technology and whatnot dudes tend to come back from injuries pretty well nowadays. But, you know, they have they'd have to prove me wrong more than they'd have to prove me right. I'll put it that way with the Brooklyn Nets that everything's there. I'm not going to overthink it. That's a championship team if I've ever seen one. So, S tier. Let's move on to the A tier though. Who who y'all got in there? I have the Nets at 1. As I said, I think they're the favorites in the East. Um at number 2, I have uh I don't I don't want to say number 2 as in rankings. I'm just saying you know, within the this A tier, uh, I have the Bucks at two and Miami at three as a fringe three. Mm. Uh, and I and I know Miami beat the Bucks last year, and that I called it. Um, and <laughs> we had to throw that down in there. Yeah, <laughs> give me my flowers. Yeah, um, but I I do think that the Bucks got better with Drew Holiday. At least they have a solid ball handler who can you know play off the ball, play on the ball, play pick and rolls, and get his own and get his teammates involved. So, I mean, th- those are my top three teams. And I, I frankly, I just, I don't think it's like, not, not that I don't think it's not close, but I mean, I, I think those three, three teams are distinctly above everyone else. Man, it, I'm I'm kinda, kinda, go man, ahead. I said, I'm kind of interested about the heat. And I know you like, you love the heat from last year, but do you think there's any regression in place there or like the talent level? you know, in the rest of the league might make up for them not really improving this Yeah, I, and that that's my trouble with the Heat, that their biggest, I guess, free agent get was Avery Bradley, and they also lost uh, Jay Crowder. But, I mean, the A-tier team, the way we were, uh, maybe we should have presented this, but teams that we can realistically see making the conference championship. And, I mean, I, I just... You, you don't think they can? You don't think they can easily, you know, contend within that conference championship? Well, I just, I'll just give my four teams then because I guess that's the answer. Four. I have four teams that I think can – I don't, I don't want to say realistically, but if any of these four teams made the finals, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so and – I, and I do have these in order of, like, the chances I think they'll make the finals. So at number one, I have the Sixers. Um, hmm. I know you guys be kind of surprised by that, but I'm really buying into what the Sixers are so doing. You have, Philly, you have Philly over Brooklyn. I have, I have Brooklyn at two, and I think those two have like a pretty like equal-ish chance to make the finals. But, but you I gave the, the edge to Philly. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. at three, I have Boston. I have Celtics. Um, I think Jason Tatum is going to make a jump this year. I've come around on you know what I think are his deficiencies. I think he's going to be a superstar. And then at number four, I have Milwaukee. So I think those four teams have, you know, I, I think but, it's going to be a pretty egalitarian Eastern Conference, and we're going to see, you know, a, a good chance, like a good chance of unpredictability that but, I think one of these four teams can make the final. But when we were talking about the Celtics, didn't you say they got worse? I said they got better. But didn't you say they got worse, or was that Reagan? Did I say they got I worse? I, I, don't, said, I don't think I said they got worse. No, you you said they you, teams like that just or teams can't just lose a guy like 
Gordon Hayward for nothing. Oh, I, no, yeah. No, yeah, I do recall. You don't lose a guy like Gordon Hayward and get better. So, if anything, so, they remain stagnant. Yeah. And you, I think you agreed with him, Eddie. So, how can you, you have this? You might be right. Here? You might be right. You might be right. But, Gotta keep track of these takes, man. Can't just... so, now, now, so now you agree okay, with but, me. But hear me out. The Listen, they, they made the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and they what? They took Miami to six, right? I'm just saying, within a given series, you know, given a, a better Jason Tatum, you know, hopefully Kemba can get healthy later in the year. I think Jalen's going to take another step. Um, they have, you know, rookies last year that'll become better second-year players this year. Um Again, like they were good enough to compete in the conference championship last year in an Eastern Conference where I think we could have agreed that there were a lot of teams that if things broke one way or the other, they could have made the finals. It's going to be yeah. like that this season as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had them on the fence of A tier and B tier, and I, I ended up dropping them. But I, I can see why you're putting the Celtics in the A tier. I mean, yeah, in the A tier. Hmm. And by the way, I also wanted to explain why I think – I'm really loving Philly this year. It's just that the kind of early indications of, you know, how enthusiastic they are, you know, how much they like the new addition, how much they think uh, what Daryl Morey's done to the team, like, makes a lot of sense. It just seems like people are are a lot more fresher than they are last year when, you know, Simmons and Embiid were kind of confused about their role and and Al Horford being in there, whatever. Um, I think getting shooting, like uh, Seth Curry and, and Danny Green, I guess, if you can learn how to shoot the ball again, um, is going to be really good, and we're going to see seasons from Simmons and Embiid that um, we haven't seen before. And that's saying something because they've been really good before, but they might just go to another level in terms of their effectiveness this year. Hmm. See, I'm not too far off with you on, on, on that Philadelphia 76ers take because my A tier, I have Milwaukee at one, Philadelphia at two, Boston at three, and Miami at four. Um so, yeah, I kind of share your enthusiasm with the 76ers. I do think, you know, in my yeah. mind, I kind of toyed with the fact of, like, okay, maybe if they get James Harden, too. But, you know, I'm just going to measure things as they are. And even things standing as they are, the 76ers are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Doc Rivers is the type of guy we talk about a culture. He's going to come in and influx that into the, the, the 76ers who needed it a lot. Here's my thing, though, that – oh, wait, did, did you have Miami in here, Eddie, or no? No, I don't have Miami. Okay. Mm. No, but I mean, here's my thing with you. You guys have four teams in, in your have, A tier. I have four teams. Like right now, I'm sitting I, at five teams right now, which is kind of ridiculous. I, I, for I me. can un- I can understand because the East is like filled with so many teams who you can just envision, um, uh, you know, making the conference finals and maybe even the finals. But that I'm not saying it's a cop out, but it's like I don't know, man. I don't know who. I mean. Like, well, if you, okay, if I had to choose, I starred the Sixers and the Nets because I think those are the two teams that are going to make the conference okay. finals. And I put the Sixers above the Nets because I think the Sixers will make the finals. I mean, that, that's just okay. kind of how I rank them. And how would you rank them? Right See, there? the way I have it right now is Milwaukee at one, and then I have in my notes, buy a hair, Philly on your ass. Like, Philly's like, I, I might be inclined to agree with Eddie that, that the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers would be my Eastern Conference favorites. Just because, you know, the 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 Bucks even with the addition of Drew Holiday, I'm not sure that's going to be enough. Especially for what I, I have high hopes with the 76ers team this year. Just, you know, the, getting shooting around Ben Simmons, it just makes sense. You still got, honestly, I feel like the 76ers have underrated depth when we talk about Shake Milton, Matisse Thybulle. 
Uh, I'm forgetting and Dwight I, Howard. Like you have you have some guys who can come off the bench now and give you quality minutes, whereas you didn't have that last year. Yeah, I mean, I I picked them to go to the finals last year, and I thought they were the most one of the most. No, I think I said a top two. Yeah, yeah, I think I said top two uh, from a talent perspective, just because of all the names that they had. But yeah, I mean, they I can see why you guys are buying in, but yeah. I have them lower. And then I, I just want to say I had the Heat in there just because, I mean, they're the defending conference championship. I can't not have them in the A tier. That feels – especially when you didn't lose much, yeah. that would be kind of egregious to me. I, I can't and, not put them there. And, Eddie, you can't – I mean, are you just viewing them just as you viewed them last year? I mean, didn't they improve in your Well, life? I mean, last year, last year I had them as a – I think as the the first B tier team on my list, when people weren't sure if Miami was gonna be any good, like before the season started. So um, I just so they again, haven't, it's like they haven't like improved in your mind. They didn't improve, and like I don't want to say their finals run was fluky because it's not fluky. Like they legit just played better than every other team, but also it's just hard to imagine them you know, kind of like running back the same sort of performance that they did last year because you need a confluence of, you know, whether it was like the bubble, whether it was like other teams just not gelling together because of the, the you know, COVID layoff, um, you know, whether it was like the, the, the super bonus chemistry advantage. Like, I just don't think those things will happen again. And then they just don't have the talent to match up with, I think, a Sixers team and a Brooklyn team and a Celtics team that all got better and, I mean, and I know they beat the Bucks, but still, the Bucks are the better team. I mean, I honestly can get with you on that because I, I did think that the Heat had a specific advantage in that bubble environment just because that much time off, the kind of reacclimation period that a lot of teams had to go through, the Heat really didn't because they knew exactly who they were before they entered the bubble, and they were the exact same team throughout the bubble. See, but I don't even I don't abide by that notion because I would have picked the Heat even if there was no bubble over Milwaukee. We know. You you was on it. You was on it, Julio. We was on it, man. We'll give you we'll, we'll, hats hats off to you, man. You see me? I'm taking my hat off. Hats off to you. But uh, let's move on to this B tier, man. So this this one could get interesting to say the least. I want I'm interested in hearing what you guys have here. So B tier teams, I, I think it's helpful for you to explain. So B tier, we basically said this is a team that we view as a solid playoff team. Probably not going to compete for the conference championship. Probably not making a trip to the finals anytime soon. But you'd be hard-pressed to imagine this team not making the playoffs. Yeah, so at the top of my B-tier team list, I have the Celtics. As I said, they were on the fence uh, between A and B. I just think the the A teams that I have, you know, the three teams that I have in the A tier are just clearly better than the Celtics. But by far within this group, I have four teams. They're the best team out of this group, in my opinion. And number two, I have the Sixers. You guys uh, listed the the reasons why people should have some semblance of confidence in them. And then at number three, I have the Raptors, who uh, Reagan almost forgot that they added Aaron Baines. You gonna who, call me out, bro? That's pre-show talk. We don't we don't put pre-show talk on the podcast, man. That's 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 that's, that's heresy. Because that's, that's, that's my guy, Aaron Baines. I know we got into the bigs discussion last time. Um, I, I love Aaron Baines. I've been calling him a better Marcus Gasol at this point in their career. Um, and then at number four, we have the Indiana Pacers. Uh, I, I just think I have to put them in here um, just because mm. the teams below them, 
I just don't envision them, you know, beating out the Pacers. The Pacers are consistently year in and year out a good, you know, regular season team. And uh, I just, you know, I, I have confidence in the Pacers to be a solid, you know, for sure playoff team in the East. So I only have two B-tier teams, and it's a little outside the you know confines of the definition because the Pacers are one of the teams that I left out, but they're going to be a solid playoff team. But the Pacers are also not as good as the two teams I have here, I um, and that's the Heat and the Raptors. And they're also number five and number six in like my overall rankings, if anyone's keeping track. Hmm. Um, like Miami and Toronto are like teams that will, I think, instill fear in any Eastern Conference opponent, whether, you know, uh, whether Miami and Toronto are underdogs or whether they're favorites. Um, for example, if Toronto had to play, like, the um, Brooklyn in a playoff series, I bet you Brooklyn would be, you know, they, they would be on their heels a little bit because of that, you know, championship pedigree, because Kyle Lowry just, you know, it's just impossible to play against in the playoffs every year now, you know, now that he's kind of proved himself. Um, and I, I like the Aaron Baines addition for Toronto. I think he's going to be really good for them. But then also, you know, losing losing that depth with Ibaka there. And then, you know, like they're, they're kind of an aging team in terms of Kyle Lowry being at the helm of what they do is that you're really banking on a lot of progression from Siakam yeah. and OG, who I think could be primed for a breakout season. But um, again, it's like I, I hate betting against Toronto because they're just so well coached. And they just get a bunch of random guys and turn, turn them into solid NBA dudes. But, you know, we kind of saw it last year against Boston. Um, at a certain level, like that talent level runs out. And, you know, I, like I want, I will root for Toronto harder than, you know, almost any other team in the NBA because I love how they play and love how they're coached. But, you know, they can't quite match up, I think, with, you know, the, the top four teams I have. Hmm. So I'm in agreement. I also have Toronto. Toronto's at the top of my B tier. Followed by a team that I guess I'm not exactly surprised that you guys didn't have them, but uh, frankly, I'm just buying what they're selling this year, and that's the Atlanta Hawks. I think the Atlanta Hawks are, if they, I mean, you heard it here first. If they don't make the playoffs, I'm floored. I'm floored. I, I'm exactly, I'm selling, oh, or God. excuse me, I'm buying what, what, Trey okay, Young. What's playoffs? What's playoffs? No, we're saying eight. We're saying eight. I'm in eight. my eight. Saying- in my eight. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I might have yeah. oversolved my, um, my tiers, honestly, because I'm at the end of my B tier with the Indiana Pacers as the last team, um, and that's eight teams already. So, like, I only have A through B as the eight teams. So, I mean, I just Trey Young, man. Maybe I've been reading Rashad Phillips too much on Twitter, but, like, Trey Young with talent around him, I think that's a special product, man. I, I'd be hard-pressed not to see that team with Trey Young, with Gallo, with Bogdan, with Capella, with guys like Onyeka and Reddish and young talent that's ready to flourish – Julio, I don't want to hear it right now. I don't want to hear it because I already know what you're thinking. But they have young talent that's ready to flourish, man. That's a playoff team in my mind. That is a solid playoff team. I mean, we're going to get into how we view the actual rankings and power rankings because those are two different things. But, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, yeah, my, my, my beats here goes Toronto, Atlanta, Indiana. And Indiana... Indiana could easily surpass Atlanta, I think, um, kind of contingent upon how well Oladipo fits into the, uh, A, how healthy he is this year, and then how well he fits back into that offense and defense and what they do there. But um, I, I definitely see, like, if, if you ask me at the end of the season who those eight teams are, 
there it is, S through B. I, I think those are your eight, and then the other two are play in teams that really can't hold a candle to what the top eight have. But that's so, just me, though. So what happens if Atlanta doesn't make the playoffs? Like, how do we hold you accountable? How do you hold yes, me I'm, accountable I'm if Atlanta <laughs> doesn't make the playoffs? That's interesting. That's a, that's a good question to ponder. I want to make a bet. How, okay, what's up? I want to make a bet. What's up? I don't even know. Like you, money? You post all the highlights. <laughs> post all the. I mean, I do that anyway, like, dog. Like, okay. Uh, I'm just playing. Like, you gotta pay for a trip for all of us to go to Magic City or something. What? Like, I don't know. Anywho, <laughs> come on. I don't know how much money y'all throw. I'm just throwing something out. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm. I'll pay for the wings, perhaps. I don't know what y'all gonna be throwing up in there. You know, we ain't catching Julio in there. He was like, man, my, my girlfriend not gonna like that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing yeah. with y'all. I'm playing with y'all. Um, no, we'll we'll think of something though, because that that's a hill I'm gonna die on is the Atlanta Hawks being a playoff team this year. So, with that said, let's go ahead and jump into the seats here. These are the fringe playoff teams slash play in teams. Julio, talk to me. I have two teams in my seat here, and that's the Hawks and the Wizards. I, I, and I really don't see. The only other I, I only have one other team that I can maybe see in the seat in the C tier, but other than that, and that's I don't want to say it's a long shot with that team, but I think it's very clearly the C tier are the Hawks and the Wizards, um, and that makes nine teams for me. So, hmm. um, yeah, those, those are my two teams. Obviously, Atlanta with all their additions in free agency and their you know their franchise player Trey Young, who I love. And the Wizards just adding Russ uh, for all his faults. He does improve the team. Uh, at going to a team with Bradley Beal, who I think is going to be more kind of, you know, dialed in maybe on the defensive end this year. And their team is actually going to have a direction and kind of goal, realistic goal to make the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, th- those are my two teams. Hmm. So in terms of fringe playoff team, I'm just kind of thinking about it like fringe to make the top eight. Hmm. Um I don't I don't like rethinking about it in terms of like the playing format. So my C tier teams, I have five of them and they go seven to eleven on my list. So I think those five teams are gonna be fighting for the last two playoff spots. Mm. So at seven and eight, I have Indiana and Atlanta. And and it's kinda of unfair to put Indiana there because I, I think they're gonna make it regardless. But yeah, I have Indiana and Atlanta as the first two spots. Mm-hmm. Um so again, like I think we all love Atlanta a little bit here, just not to the degree that you do, Reagan. And I yep. think we all love Trey Young a lot between the three of us here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then nine to eleven, I have Washington at nine, Orlando at ten, and Chicago at eleven. Mm. Um, I think it's possible that you know those three teams that I have on the outside looking in right now could jump into seven and eight. It, it's possible because again, like Orlando's always been that kind of lower you know playoff team for years now that they lost Jonathan Isaac the Bulls I, I you know I keep on doing this with the Bulls they have a really good group of young talent gotta be realistic play. here dog. and and Zach Levine with especially with better coaching this year you might see Zach Levine turn into a superstar um and Washington I mean Russ and Beal you know we talked about talent like they're, they're good enough to maybe fight for a spot but yeah if I if I want to surprise people if I want to do a little hot take thing, you know, I won't be surprised if Chicago kind of is in this, you know, competing mode through most and of the season where they're fighting for a playoff spot. Chicago was the only team that, that, that was the one team that I was, 
kind of referencing to that I can maybe see in the C tier, maybe, you know, getting that, getting in the playing tournament and potentially making the playoffs. But yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I come to y'all with a, uh, no. Hot. No. Oh wow. Oh, shot down oh. before I even get to. Okay, so to, to be in in full disclosure, my uh, my C tier consists of two teams, and that's the Washington Wizards and the Orlando Magic. But I'm gonna say this: Do not be surprised if the Charlotte Hornets have a better record than the Chicago Bulls by the end of the year. I don't think oh. that's that egregious of a take. I, I don't. Yeah, it's not, not a hot take. Like that's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not trying to come <laughs> oh. in here and throw like some freaking, you know, out of pocket egregious. Carl Anthony Towns is a top three NBA player. Take it, y'all, man. Like I'm just saying. I think the Charlotte Hornets. You know, they might have something cooking down there with Lamelo and, and Gordon Hayward. I think PJ Washington's a guy who shows a lot of um, potential as a small ball five. I liked what Devontae Graham was capable of last year. I think they have a solid team down there, not one that's going to make any waves in the playoffs anytime soon. But, hell, it's not a team that you can just take lightly on a nightly basis. So uh, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. I think that's a team that can, you know, win in, in a 72-game season, 30, 30-ish games, somewhere in there. I can see that. See, I want you to say that they have a shot to make the playing tournament. That would be, yeah. like, a take Worst, worth discussing. I thought you were. Gonna I wouldn't say, be totally mad. I, I wouldn't be totally. Honestly, mad. I probably I might go that far. I I, I, I think you, Orlando, especially without Jonathan Isaac this year, um, their kind of time operating on that fringe of the Eastern Conference playoffs is just about up. Washington, I think that's a pretty solid team just based on talent alone of your top two guys. But Chicago's, you know, they could be good, they could be not, and then right behind them, that's where I have Charlotte is right behind Chicago. So. They could easily be a play-in team. I, I won't go so far as to say, like, hammering like I have the Atlanta Hawks are going to be a playoff team, but don't be shocked if Charlotte starts competing for that play-in spot. Y'all ain't with it. Y'all y'all want me to just I, I come just, hot just, take Reagan. Yo, the I, Cleveland Cavaliers, number five seed, bro. I just really don't like statements that are like, don't be surprised if, because then it's like you're setting yourself up to be right, but – if you if you're if Man. it's wrong, it's like, <laughs> come on now, what you want from me? You want you want me to say Lamelo Ball rookie of the year? Yeah, I might yeah. give you that one. We'll we'll talk about it in some later episodes. Yeah. We will talk about that. That's coming up on the docket. But yeah, my C tier: Washington Wizards, Orlando Magic. You know what? Fuck it. Charlotte Hornets in there. Since y'all want me to build, make definitive statements, Charlotte Hornets in my C tier over Chicago. There you go. You happy? Sure. You snicker satisfied? Sure. There you sure. go. All right, D tier. B tier, I got the Bulls. As I said, that's the one team that I could have put in the C tier, uh, just because I th- I feel like they have a clear, you know, s- not superstar, but star in Zach Levine and some nice young pieces like all of these teams do have. Um, I just hate saying that. Too. And then and then the, and then the Magic, just because I have to give them kind of props for making the playoffs last year, but. I mean, it's a team I really don't believe in at all. You're giving them props uh, by putting them in D tier. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying I'm saying I have to give I have to give them props because D tier is not my last tier. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know they still failed so, the class though, right? Like, yeah, yeah <laughs> you got to retake so, it. Yeah, I, I I don't believe in them at all, and obviously the Hornets, they're just they're not in the C tier conversation where I can realistically see them having a real chance to make the playoffs. 
but they're also not in my bottom trash garbage F tier uh, uh, because they do have Gordon Hayward. They do have, you know, a, a bunch of guys that I do like, like Devontae Graham and Melo, obviously. So I, I can't, you know, D tier is, you know, right where I have them. So I also separated my D and F tiers just because I feel like you kind of have to, you know, I feel like if you put the the garbage and like the uber garbage teams in the same tier, it's a little disrespectful. So D tier teams to me are like bad teams that are going to be fun to watch. And those are the Hornets and the Knicks. Um, and I don't even know if the Knicks are going to be fun to watch, but I just had to give them some props for actually, you know, making some good decisions this off season and not doing something crazy and setting themselves up for success rather than failure. So, yeah, I have the Hornets and Knicks in the D tier. Interesting. So, my D tier, and this is my final tier. I wasn't like y'all throwing F tiers out there. So, it's kind of interesting. We both had, we all had five tiers, but I just went S instead of F. Y'all went F. Negative Nellies, you guys are. But, my D tier consists of Detroit at the very top, mind you. Or, actually, shoot, because I bumped Chicago. Okay, so Chicago, Detroit, Knicks, Cavaliers at the very bottom. Um, Detroit, I don't know, man. I feel like Detroit can mess around and not be straight hot garbage. I don't think they're going to... When I think of hot garbage, I think of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Them, to me, they're going to be hot garbage. Right? But I look at Detroit as... Because you think Killian Hayes is going to be... Not even just on Killian Hayes. I, I I just see the team and they're like... They don't have trash players. They're not putting trash players on the court. You know what I mean? Like, the Cleveland Cavaliers, you're putting trash on the court. And not to, you know, call the dudes trash, but none of them are really all that great at basketball besides uh, I'll give Colin Sexton. I think Darius Garland has some stuff. Kevin Porter. For the most part, like, those dudes aren't that good. I look at the Detroit Pistons. You have all right players. There's nothing special. You don't have any stars uh, unless Blake Griffin takes a leap that none of us saw coming. But, I mean, I don't think they're going to be garbage. It'd be okay. They're look, not going to be anything saw, great. Uh, look, I saw the uh, team Twitter, the Pistons Twitter account, post a highlight of Jeremy Grant take a 20-foot post fadeaway and present it like it was some sort of, like, novel thing. Um, that's a bad direction. Like, they probably enticed Jeremy Grant to come to Detroit because they told him he could take whatever shot he wanted to take. <laughs> I mean, that's not what you want to do if you're a team. Give Jeremy Grant that sort of freedom. So... I mean, I don't know. I like Killian Hayes. I think DeLon Wright is good. I think Mason Plumlee is always a, a fine, you know, option at center. But, no, they're, they're not going to be – I don't know. Like, it, it's going to be – they're not directionless because I think, you know, they know what they're doing, but it's not going no, to be anything close to a watchable no team. I think they have no direction. And, that, I mean, that that's why I have these teams in my F tier. I mean, can we move on? Wow. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I have the Pistons and the Cavs in my F tier as well, but man, I don't I, think I the, the Pistons are going to be high. The, okay, over under twenty five games for the Pistons. In a seventy game season. Year? Yeah. Uh, so that would be so that would be kind of like a thirty win season in a normal year, right? Kind Something of. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take the under. I'll take the under. Under, under. See, I'll probably take the under two, but like barely. Like I, I'm giving them 23, 24 wins. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Then, then, then set the number at twenty. <laughs> okay, then over under twenty. 
What y'all on? Because they, they had 20 wins last year, and they, they played 60, 66 games. Over, under 20? Under. Oh, my God. I mean, you're they're still not, hot garbage. If you, get, like, 22, if you get 22, you're still hot garbage. Like, I, I don't – you might have Dean Blake, if they, you know, if they kept Bruce Brown, who, you know, oh, for whatever Lord. reason, I Here love a lot. Here we go. Here we go. Over. You mean the Brooklyn Nets but, starter, Bruce Brown? <laughs> yeah, but but they're so bare bones of talent. So nothing. Yeah, it's like under under 20, under 15. I don't know. Go go get Kate Cunningham next year. You know, like that's what they're doing anyway. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I kind of view them in the same range of like the Thunder, where it's like they're not going to be good. They're nowhere approaching the playoffs, but they don't put like they're not putting like actively ass players on the court. Like they're solid players, just nothing to cry home about. Well, that's kind of the range. That's why I put them on my D tier. That's why I don't have an F tier, even though if there was an F tier, I'd probably throw Cleveland in there. But I don't see any of these teams as teams that are throwing like just hot garbage, hot steaming stinky smelly skunkish garbage onto the court night in and night out like the knicks were last year for say i i, I don't think they're in that range of a team so for that reason d tier for detroit shout out eminem so uh should we do our power ranking like who we act like who are the eight we have making the playoffs yeah yeah essentially yeah. all right so at, at number one and these are not regular season seeds uh, mm-hmm. at all because I, I don't have in fact I have the Nets like at number three for regular season seeds but these are just like overall power ranking just to review I have the Nets at one the Bucks at two Miami at three the Celtics at four Sixers five Raptors six Pacers seven Wizards eight wait wait run that back Nets one mm-hmm. two Bucks Three Miami, four Boston, uh, five Philly, six Toronto, seven Indiana, and eight Washington. Man, we are think, real I, close. I I, th- I think Russ and, and uh, Beal beat out Trey Young to make the playoffs. Oh hell no! Nah, that see that's where I got it. No, ain't no way. Ain't no ain't no way Washington beats out Atlanta for the playoffs this year. I I, th- I, I mean I I just think that you know. Get them in the in the playing tournament, and I'm taking as as much as I love Trey Young, uh, I'm taking Beal and Westbrook in a playing tournament over. You mean you're Atlanta. taking Beal? Knowing you, you're taking Beal. You're not even yeah. Westbrook aside. You're like it's Beal. <laughs> right. right. I can't even get okay in a playoff in a playing tournament setting. I guess I can't be too mad at you, but I wholeheartedly disagree. Eddie, you're up. All right, so I got – I mean, this is the same order I had them out uh, when we were doing the tiers. It's one, Philly, two, Brooklyn, three, Boston, four, Milwaukee, five, Miami, six, Toronto, seven, Indiana, eight, Atlanta. Hmm. That one, Philly, is real interesting. Like, I'm not mad at you, but that's real interesting considering what the Brooklyn Nets have. I'm just saying, like every time we, I mean, we did this last year, and I y'all came, did know, this last year with the Carl Anthony Towns. Y'all, y'all did this last like, year, you know. I was like, I have to come with something crazy, but something believable, and I and I'm crazy enough to believe that Philly might be the best team. And and, and were you, were you right about Carl Anthony Towns last year? 
Because I, I mean, I, you got hurt. What I, can I say? Oh my god! I, I fear, nah, I, okay, I hope I, I hope he's healthy. And I, I mean, I hope I, I hope we all hope he's healthy. Like for one, we we, we all hope. Because I'll do the we'll, we'll do the top ten again this year. I'm just saying, you, you might see him in the top ten again this year. <laughs> This guy's oh evil, bro. God. Eddie, you're a menace. You are a menace, bro. You're a menace. All right. For mine, I have Brooklyn 1, Milwaukee 2, Philly 3. Very much sniffing Milwaukee's ass. They might surpass them very quickly, depending on what I see in, like, the first five games of the season. I might be convinced on Philly. But as of right now, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philly. Followed by Boston, Miami, Toronto, Atlanta, and Indiana as my eight. So you still got Boston ahead of Miami. Yes. Yes. And that, even, that that's almost even though, even though you think the Celtics got worse, you still think that even after last year they're better than Miami? I don't think that they lose to Miami twice. I think that they were – would I go so far as to say that they were a better team than Miami last year? Probably not. Like, but I think they could very easily have been a better team than Miami last year. It had the – almost like Eddie was talking about, had the chips kind of fallen their way. Um, I'm a, I was a very big believer of Miami in the bubble setting, in a regular NBA setting. I don't know if, if the leaps that you're going to need Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo to make are going to happen in that short a period of time for them to be competing with Boston. So, again, it, these are kind of by a hair, but I do have Boston edging out Miami by a fringe. And then who were your six through eight? Six through eight was Toronto, Atlanta, Indiana. First team out, Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Accept it. That, that's that's I how mean, it's going to break we, down we this can, season. I mean, we can make a wager between Atlanta and Washington. We so might have as, to. We might have to. So long as uh, the main guys stay healthy. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, hmm. I'm trying to rack my brain on what that would look like. Like, what size shoe do you wear? Twelve. Ah, dang, Bigfoot ass. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Uh, we'll think of something. We'll think of something. You might have to buy me a couple boxes of Gushers or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> or I take you out to one of these. What was it? Mastros? Mastros? Mastros. Whatever. Probably gonna. Ma- Ma- Mastro. Mastros on PCH in Malibu. Bro, you gonna set me back fifty dollars for like two cubes of steak or something, bro? Knowing these restaurants, but time can only tell. We'll figure something out, man. Anything else to add before we get up out of here tonight, gentlemen? Uh, nothing other than we should revisit these rankings um, this season, assuming things go smoothly. Because um, last year we didn't get the chance to do that because right. of COVID. Bit, a little, a little bit of a uh, monkey wrench thrown into last season, but we managed. Man, it's one thirty-five in the morning out here. Let, let me go ahead and get to bed. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of Hoop and Holler. We're going to be hitting you guys with the Western Conference next episode, followed by some rankings and and, and whatnot. We'll get into all of that very soon. Um, as always, go check out the Twitter and the Instagram at SQR1Hoops for all the good stuff. Eddie's always putting fire on the Twitter, so make sure you go check that out. And with that said, we will see you next time. This has been the Hoop and Holler Podcast.